Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Can we stand together one more time? Amen. What a privilege to be in the house of the Lord and to hear what we have heard today already, to feel what we have felt. Amen. I'm thankful that you're here, thankful that the Lord is here. And I want you, if you will, this afternoon or this morning still, uh, to let's let the Spirit of God speak something into our heart uh, even more. Amen. You're not too full, are you? Praise the Lord. I'm not going to take uh, very long. Uh, that's my intentions at this moment. And uh, I know we have some outreach ministries that begin somewhere around 2 o'clock today. Or, so I'll try to have you out by then. No, I'm teasing. The book of 1 Kings 10, while you're turning there, I want to say thank you for all your prayer and support and to all those who were able to attend our general conference this year. And uh, what a great time we had in Nashville. And I thank the Lord for safe travels there and home yesterday and uh, for what we not only heard but what we were exposed to. Our faith has been challenged on many, many levels. And I am grateful, I am grateful to the Lord for that, so very grateful, amen. I I do feel something on my heart today, and so I I just want to to turn your attention here and uh, ask the Lord to speak something to us that we can, uh, amen. I want to, my subject today is a question really, and that is what will you take home? What will you take home? And I'm thankful to know that there's some overflow when we come to this house. That there's something that left that we can we can carry away from this, and it's up to you what you take home. If you take home that it was too cold or too hot, well, that's what you're going to take home. If you take home the music's too loud, not loud enough, that's that's what you're going to take home. If you take home that's not my style of music, or that's not my this or that, or that's not my favorite speaker, then that's what you take home. So I ask you today, what are you going to take home? What are you going to take home? Amen. Lord, I love you today. I thank you for your mercy and your truth. And I ask you now, God, to commit the word, the word that is written forever settled. It is irrevocably true. It is irreplaceable. God, your word has already been committed to our lives. And so today we're asking you, to help us to hold on to what your presence and your spirit would speak into our lives here today. In the name of the Lord, amen. You may be seated. I have rather lengthy reading here from a very familiar story to some, at least, or if not most. The book of 1 Kings 10 and verse number one. And when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, She came to prove him with hard 
questions. And she came to Jerusalem with a very great train with camels that bear spices and very much gold and precious stones. And when she was come to Solomon, she communed with him of all that was in her heart. And Solomon told her all her questions. There was not anything hid from the king which he told her not. And when the queen of Sheba had seen all Solomon's wisdom and the house that he had built and the meat of his table and the sitting of his servants and the attendance of his ministers and their apparel and his cupbearers and his ascent by which he went up into the house of the Lord, there was no more spirit in her. And she said to the king, it was a true report that I heard in my own land of thy acts and of thy wisdom. Howbeit I believe not the words until I came, and mine eyes had seen it. And behold, the half was not told me. Thy wisdom and prosperity exceedeth the fame which I heard. Happy are thy men, happy are these thy servants, which stand continually before thee, and that hear thy wisdom. Blessed be the Lord thy God, which delighteth in thee, to set thee on the throne of Israel because the Lord loved Israel forever. Therefore made he thee king to do judgment and justice. And she gave the king a hundred and twenty talents of gold and of spices very great store and precious stones. There came no more such abundance of spices as these which the queen of Sheba gave to, the, to, the king, to king Solomon. And the navy also of Hiram that brought gold from Ophir, brought in from Ophir great plenty of almond trees and precious stones. And the king made of the almond trees pillars for the house of the Lord and for the king's house, harps also and psalteries for singers. There came no such almond trees, nor were seen unto this day. And King Solomon gave unto the queen of Sheba. Verse 13, let's look carefully. And the king and King Solomon gave unto the queen of Sheba all her desire, whatsoever she asked, beside that which Solomon gave her of his royal bounty. So she turned and went to her own country, she and her servants. And I'm going to ask you again today, what will you take home? What will you take home? I think it's evident from uh, this scripture and uh, the length of reading was just to put us back into this storyline so that we understand it well. The queen was so determined to bring gifts to Solomon. She didn't just want to show up empty-handed. She didn't want to just come in as a spectator because it's pretty apparent that she was on a mission. She had heard of his wisdom. She had heard of all of his glory, so to speak, and his riches. And, and uh, when she came, she came, the Bible talks about this great train that came with her and all that she brought to Solomon. She, she came because of the news that had been spread about Solomon and the temple that he had built unto his God. However, we can never lose sight of this one very important thing. And when we think about someone coming into Solomon's temple, and if you've ever taken time to read about Solomon's temple or to study, uh, to study it any, in, in any measure at all, you would have to walk away understanding that this was a magnificent place, 
It's beyond probably what we could even dare imagine sitting here this morning. But I think we must remember that this is the queen of Sheba that is coming to see uh, Solomon's temple. And so it was not the opulence of Solomon's, uh, the house that he had built to God. Uh, It was not the opulence of all of that that really garnered her attention because she was accustomed to great wealth and luxury. And so this was a queen talking to a king. They were they were sort of on the, in the even footing, so to speak. It wasn't the gold and the silver really all so much that impressed her, but she was very specific to talk about uh, the manner in which those in the temple served. Not only the servants, not only those, but even Solomon himself and how they carried themselves and how they, they were with joy uh, in the service of the Lord. Amen. I think that it is so important, even in this age today, that not, it's not just that we serve the Lord, but it's how we serve the Lord. If I could just borrow a, a sidebar from this story and pause for a minute and tell you that I, I don't want to just serve the Lord reluctantly or I don't want to serve the Lord kicking and screaming. I'm not here today trying to dodge hell. Amen. I want there to be something about the manner of our service and the spirit of our service. You know all of these singers today that have, uh, that have so graciously led us in praise and worship. Uh, they, they could have rendered every one of those songs and all these musicians could have played everything that's been played, sing everything that's been sang. They could have done that with a scowl on their face. They could have, they could have done that with a bad attitude. But aren't you glad that they weren't just singing by, uh, by, by, uh, by somebody strong-arming them? Aren't you glad they weren't just here uh, and we, they were just standing there rigid? But aren't you thankful that there was something about the way they sang? Amen. The way they lead us in worship. And so I think to some small degree I can understand what the Queen of Sheba was talking about. Not just that we serve God, but the manner in which we serve God. I don't want to be long-faced and sour and and, uh, I don't want to have the attitude and a chip on my shoulder. I'm thankful to be a part of the kingdom of God today. I'm glad to be a part of the kingdom of God. Amen. The, the thing, though, that I want to pull from this passage of Scripture this morning is found, again, in the latter portion. I read it uh, a couple of times there, and I want to turn there again to uh, the 13th verse. The Bible says that King Solomon gave unto the queen of Sheba all her desire, whatsoever she asked, besides that which Solomon gave her of his royal bounty. And so we we know in the beginning of the story that she brought plenty of things with her to the house of God. Amen. She She didn't leave there with things because she was in need of things. She didn't leave there with stuff because she just needed more stuff. But Solomon wanted to make sure that when you come to the house of God, that even though you're going to walk away, I don't want you to walk away from this empty-handed or with an empty heart or with an empty mind. I know that she brought a lot, and it's important to note that she didn't go empty-handed. And I want to say to us this morning that, that we need to make sure that we don't come to the house of God with an empty hand. Amen. I, don't, I, I know there are times that we need a service maybe more so than we need it at other times in our lives. But hear me today, no matter where we are in our lives, I want to make sure that I'm bringing something with me to the house of God. This is not a drama. 
that we're putting on here today. This is not a presentation that we're putting on here today. What we're saying, what we're singing, what we're doing is really not to try to impress anybody or wow anybody. We got to understand today that you're not the audience. We're not the entertainment. Amen. But heaven is the audience and we are the mouthpiece. We are the worshipers. Amen. So before you fold your arms, you need to think about that. Before you cross your legs and get comfortable and just say, I'm going to ride this thing out, we need to realize that we are the praise and we are the worship. And it is our voice that is a part of the choir here today. It is heaven that is our audience. It is God that is our audience here today. And so we have come to magnify him. And so that means I cannot afford to come into this house with an empty hand. I need to bring my praise with me. I need to bring my worship with me. Hallelujah. I'm thankful that we got someone to lead us in praise and worship. But hear me today. Somebody that's got the Holy Ghost and been baptized in his name. Somebody that's had their sins forever washed away. We ought to be the last crowd on the planet that needs somebody to say, come on now, come on now, come on now, come on now. Amen. We need somebody behind this desk saying, you may be seated. We got to move on. We got to go to the next order of the service. Why? Because I've been set free. I remember what it was like to be bound in sin. I remember what it was like to not have the freedom and the liberty to worship him. Hallelujah. So I'm going to come with my praise. I'm going to come with my worship. I'm not going to come with an empty hand. I'm not going to come. I'm not going to come with an empty hand. I tell you, we need to bring our sacrifices. We need to bring our offerings. Amen. We need to bring our tithe to the house of the Lord. Why? Because God has been too good to me. He's been too good to me. Amen. The only way God can bless us is for us to give. That's what the scripture says. Give and it shall be given. The Bible teaches us that whatever, and if I could just put it in modern language today, that whatever cup, we measure it out. That's the cup. He'll measure it back to us. Amen. I'm going to tell you, I want to measure bountifully because I want it to come back bountifully. Hallelujah. And so when I come, I don't want to come with an empty hand. You know, I, I know it's just something, I'm not picking on this, but uh, I, I, it's something I have heard many times through the years. I hadn't heard it in a long time, but I have heard it through the years. People would pray over the offering and say, bless those that give and bless those that don't. Well, we've asked God to do something he can't do because God can't bless us if we don't give. Amen. God can't bless our giving if we don't give. Amen. So when we come to the house of God, we need to bring our praise. We need to bring our worship. We need to bring our sacrifice. We need to bring our gifts. Whatever God has talented you to do, whatever God has strengthened you to do, don't withhold that from the church. Amen. Don't withhold that from the kingdom of God. If God has given you the ability to lead, then you need to lead if that is your gift. If God's given you the ability to sing, you need to sing with everything you have. If God has given you the ability of music, then we need to give it all to God. We need to give God our time. When I come to the house of God, I want to bring some time with me when I come. Amen, I'm not watching how long they're singing. I'm not watching how long they're preaching. I'm not worried about what time the restaurant closes. I'm not worried about what time I get home or the roast in the oven or the biscuits that are on the counter. I'm going to come to God with some time. I got time. I got whatever time you need, Lord. I'm bringing something to the house of God. I'm not going to come in here empty. 
Amen. I'm going to bring my talent. Whatever I can offer to God, I'm going to give that. Amen. We don't need to just walk in and throw what we have at the feet of the Lord. That's not what I'm talking about. We can't just walk in, throw that at the feet of the Lord and leave. But I'm determined to stay until I am empowered with something that I am endued with something that can that I can take home with me. I want to tell you today that we should never leave this house nor any house of worship with an empty heart, an empty mind, an empty hand. Amen. We we may we have no idea what we're going to face when we walk out of here. I'm not saying that to incite fear or or, 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 or a spirit of discontentment, but it's the truth. We don't know what we're going to walk out of here and face. We don't know what the next 60 minutes of our life may hold for us. And so while I am here, (laughs) while I am here, while I, I can gather something to me, while I can pull something into me, I'm going to tell you, you're going to have to get out of my way and give me some rooms because I need to arm myself for the battle. Amen. I need to set down my ego. I need to set down my prejudice. Amen. And if I would get all of those things out of the way, there's no telling what God can do. If I could just move me out of the way and say, Lord, I want you to have your way. I want you to let your spirit flow in this holy house. I want to be determined not to leave empty. Amen. I, in order to do that, I'm going to have to overlook a few things. I'm going to have to overlook who's doing what, how they're doing it. I'm going to have to overlook this or that. Amen. I want to make sure that I have got something that I can take home with me. You know, uh, for those of you who have been with us through the campground, Uh, certainly to uh, even I think just a few weeks ago the same gentleman was at our men's conference again in Apopka and you, you, don't, you don't really understand sometimes why people are responding the way they're responding I will say from a pastoral point of view just let me insert this I believe that our praise and worship and how we praise and how we worship the Lord we ought to be able to validate that through scripture to those who don't understand why are you leaping for joy? We need to be able to turn to a passage that talks about leaping for joy. Why are you raising your hands or clapping your hands? And, and on and on and on. Those, our, our praise and worship needs to be able to be validated in Scripture. That being said, amen, if you've been to the campground in the last few years, men's conference the last few years, uh, most of you will recognize there's an elderly gentleman uh, that several times throughout the service, man, he just strikes out. I mean, he just lights out running, and I'm not talking about he's wearing tennis shoes. He's running with boots on. Amen, he's running around. I'm going to tell you right now, I would hate to be the one. If if, uh, Brother Williams said, I want you to follow him tonight step for step, I want you to stay right with him (laughs) step for step. I would wonder what I did to get in that much trouble. And so while we may think, what in the world is this man doing running? How inappropriate that would be. And maybe you couldn't validate that in Scripture, and I get it. But you just talk to that man. And when you talk to that man, his testimony is this. For 11 years, he was bound in a wheelchair and could not walk. And God miraculously healed him. Amen. God God raised him out of that wheelchair. And so... And so when people say, where, where are the miracles of the book of Acts? Well, I can take you to one. Amen. Where are the miracles of those that have taken up their bed and walked? I can show you a man that didn't just take up his bed and walk, but he's got his bed and he's running with it. Hallelujah. Amen. I am going to take home. I'm going to take something home with me. I'm going to take something home with me. 
and I, maybe there's somebody there, you know, the real sophisticated that just says, well, I can't just, I can't get anything out of this or all this running. I can't get anything out of this. Well, I'm going to tell you, you're going to have to overlook a few things if you're going to take something home with you. Amen. The Queen of Sheba came. The Queen of Sheba came to the house of God. She came to Solomon's house. She came bearing gifts. She came bringing all that she knew to bring. But the Bible lets us know that when she turned to walk away from the presence of Solomon and when she turned to walk away from his house, that she was bearing gifts herself. Hallelujah. Coming and going. And so I'll tell you today, if you'll walk in bearing gifts, you'll walk out with something to take home with you. Hallelujah. If you will come into this house and you bring God something, you will have something to take home with you. It'll be something positive. It'll be something great. It'll be something that you can talk about around the water fountain tomorrow. Amen. She brought something with her. Anybody could see this. Anyone could see this. However, there is a contrasting story that I want to leave with you this morning. That story is one that I have referred to lately myself. I have preached about from this same chapter and verse, this same story in recent weeks, referred to it a few times since then. I don't know, maybe just a little bit of this is caught up in the fabric of my heart. And so if you will just bear with me, I thought for sure that Brother Jerry was gonna just read everything that I was gonna read today. I kept coughing and clearing my throat and he never got any of the hints. (laughs) I'm teasing. Amen. Naaman, in the book of 2 Kings chapter 5, the king of Syria, came down with a dreaded disease of leprosy. Now, I I can't say enough about leprosy. If you read about leprosy, you know it's just kind of a biblical word sometimes. We just kind of, well, yeah, that's kind of bad. But if you just read about leprosy and and how that it would just eat your fingers off and your, your ears and your nose and it would just eat away literally at your skin. And here was Naaman, the king of Syria. Here was a man that was accustomed to living high. Here was a man that understood what it was like to drink out of the other side of the cup. And here now he has this dreaded disease of leprosy. However, in his home, there was a young maid that had been taken captive uh, out of Israel. Amen. She had been taken captive. She was uh, uh, what we would call today in modern terms a prisoner of war. And so she had every right to be bitter. She had every right to be indifferent. She had every right certainly to be silent. But she told Naaman's wife, she said, oh, that my, my Lord could just somehow get to the prophet. If she could just somehow get to the man of God, the man of God, I mean, he, he would be healed if he could just get to him. If you know much about this story, you know that Naaman, in this act of desperation, loaded up a great caravan of not only people, but all manner of gifts to bring to Elisha because he was gonna bring something to the, to the man of God, so to speak. It was a gift that he was bringing to the man of God for his healing. However, Elisha wanted nothing to do with these tangible gifts. He told his servant, he said, you tell Naaman what to do to receive his healing. Amen, Uh, as we heard just a moment ago and you're familiar with, that Naaman was offended by this offer. He was offended by this instruction to go to Jordan River, old muddy Jordan's river and dip seven times. 
He was so wroth. He was so upset. I, I don't know who it was in his army that had enough gall. I don't know what the man's name was that had enough backbone. But I'm going to tell you, Naaman, I'm sure that Naaman could have had his life for what he was saying. But Naaman got his life back because somebody said, you know, if he had asked some great thing of you. If he had, Look at all you brought and you are willing to give this. And he's not wanting anything that you've got. He just wants you to go dip in Jordan's river. Amen. So somehow or another, Naaman reconciled this in his mind. He was a king. I don't want to abase myself to the muddy water of Jordan's river, but if that's what it's going to take, then that's what it's going to take. And he dipped seven times. That was the prescription of Elisha. And he came up whole. I want you to understand something. Amen. This morning, if I could just underline this in your mind. In the book of 1 Kings, 2 Kings 5 and 14, the Bible says, and then, then, he, then went he down and dipped himself seven times in Jordan according to the saying of the man of God. And his flesh came again like unto the flesh of a little child for he was clean. Amen, God. I don't know how old Naaman was. Amen, but it's obvious he wasn't a child. Amen, it's obvious that he wasn't a child. And so just like in our bodies, we bear scars of life. We bear scars. I've got scars on my hands where I cut myself. Got scars on the palm of my hand where I, I missed something of vine and hit my hand with an axe. And amen, I've got all kinds of scars that I could tell you the stories of. But when he came up out of that water, he didn't just come out with a with a, a healing. He didn't just come out with his scars looked a little better. But the Bible said his skin was like a baby's skin. Are you hearing me today? I'm asking you, what are you gonna take home with you? God doesn't have the ability to just kind of tweak your situation. God has the ability to heal your situation. God has the ability to anoint your life, anoint your path, and strengthen you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Naaman was so determined. Naaman was so determined to give something back. He tried again. I just got to give something back. He went back to Elisha's house. He said, I've got to, I've got to pay for this great thing that has happened to me. A moment ago, he wanted to pay for what was, could possibly happen to him. But now he's standing here healed. And he said, I just got to pay for this great thing that's happened to me. But once again, Elisha would have nothing to do with the gifts. Amen. And this is where the storyline gets so interesting to me. Amen. The Bible said in 17, 5 and 17, he said, and Naaman said, shall there not then, I pray thee, be given to thy servant two mules burden of earth. For thy servant will henceforth offer neither burnt offerings nor sacrifice unto other gods, but unto, unto the Lord. Amen. So he said, I, I'm not asking for much. And this seems like an odd request because we're talking about, we're talking about a man of wealth, a man of prominence. And so he just asked for this simple thing. Now don't let these guys bug you. They're not going to be there long. He said, I just, I just want 
just one thing. I, 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 if you won't take these gifts, will you let me take something home with me? Amen. If I, if I can't leave you something in your cupboard, if I can't leave you something on the shelf, on the mantle to remember me by, I want to take something home. Well, what is it that you would like? What is it that you want? He said, well, I just want to go out in your backyard and dig around a little while. I want to go out in your side yard and dig around a little while. He said, I want two mules burden of earth. I know that many of you have read this scripture many times, but let's look at it one more time because I want to underline the why and not the what. Amen. I don't want to underline the the what today. I want to underline the why. Amen. It's not what he wanted. What he wanted was just dirt. It was why. Why he wanted. Amen. It's not what you need today. It's why we need it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It was not what what he did, but it was why that motivated God to hear and answer his prayer. And so without hesitation, this is what this is what Naaman said to the king in verse 18. He said, in this thing the Lord pardon thy servant, that when my master goeth into the house of Ramon to worship there, and he leaneth upon my hand, I will bow myself in the house of Ramon. And when I bow down myself in the house of Ramon, the Lord pardon thy servant this thing. What if I could put this in our language today, Naaman was trying to say, is that Elisha, I am fixing the have to go back home. And when I go back home, I'm going to the house of Ramon. Amen. There's going to be pagan worship there. Amen. There's going to be all kind of things that are going on that I don't want to have anything to do with. But I can't really distance myself from it. And so if you will just allow me to have just a little bit of earth, if you'll just let me take some earth back home with me. Amen. And when they start all that pagan worship, I'm going to have something. Amen. That I can build me an altar with. The Bible says in Exodus 20 and 24, an altar of earth shall thou make unto me. Amen. And so I'm going to tell you that when I get to the house of Ramon, amen, and all of this sin is around me, I'm just going to take a little bit of what I brought home with me. Hallelujah. I'm going to take something that I brought home with me. I'm going to worship there. I'm going to praise there. I'm going to magnify the Lord there. I'm going to lift my hands there. Hey, they may be worshiping a false God. They may be doing this or that. But I've got something. I got something from my yesterday. Hallelujah. I got something from my yesterday. I got something from yesterday. I'm going to bring this home with me. It was not what. It was why. It was not what it was. It was just dirt. It was not what it was. It was why. It's dirt to build an altar. It's dirt that I can magnify God. It's dirt that I'll never forget where I have been brought from. Let's clap our hands. Hallelujah. I feel in the Holy Ghost today to tell you, you better take something home with you. You better take something home with you today. Take something home with you today. Just remain standing, musicians come. Amen, some of you are going home to unsaved companions. 
Amen. There are some of you in, 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 in times past, I know there are some that have gone home to companions that were cussing and fussing and carrying on because you were in the house of God. You better take something home with you today. And when all that business starts, what are you doing? Amen, I'm making me an altar. Amen, what are you doing? I'm gonna make me an altar. I'm gonna take something home with me. I'm glad that our youth are in here today. I'm gonna tell you, you better take something home from this service with you. You don't know what you're gonna be tempted with in the course of this week. You don't know what the devil's gonna bring your way. Amen. Somebody may be after, somebody may be after your integrity. Somebody may be after your virginity. Let me just talk about straight. Amen, you better take you something home with you. When all that starts, how am I gonna stand? How am I gonna say no? Amen, take you something home and build you an altar. How am I gonna stand? I got something with me. I brought something from the house of God with me. I brought me something to build me an altar with. I brought me home something to build me an altar with. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, how how are you gonna stand? How are you gonna stand, married man, when somebody makes an overture to you? How are you gonna stand, married lady, when somebody makes an overture to you? If you go home empty-handed and all you got is your own will and all you got is your own conscience, you're on dangerous ground. But if you'll take some, I'm gonna take me some, I'm gonna make me an altar. Hallelujah. I'm just gonna make me an altar. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna seek God. I'm gonna seek his face. I'm gonna seek his guidance. I'm gonna take something home with me. I want to take something home with me. Amen, I want to tell you, you're going to need something to keep you between now and Wednesday. Praise God. Praise God. You better, hallelujah, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. Hatoroma Hoshataya Hatataya. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hatoma Hoshatala Mahasataya. Hanoroma Hosotoromahosi. Hallelujah. 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 love the Lord for his word today. Thank you, Jesus, for meeting with us. Thank you, Lord, for meeting with us. Amen. How are you going to live for God through school, middle school, high school? How are you going to, how are you going to preserve yourself? How are you going to maintain? How, how, are you going to, how, are you, how are you going to have a healthy marriage? How are you going to have a healthy home? How are you going to keep all of these things? Because it's everywhere. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. You better take something home with you. 
I feel sorry for people. Listen, I wasn't born yesterday. I feel sorry for people that the only thing they can take home from church is what's wrong. I feel sorry for people like that. Because you see, that's a mindset that you don't just set down because that bleeds into every other area of your life. You just pick this apart and pick that apart and find fault here and find fault there. I'm going to tell you. Amen. I I went to general conference this week. I was there. I let my district superintendent know that I was there. I reserved my room back the very day that they opened reservations, uh, opened the reservations for that. I paid our registration the day that it was due. They all knew I was coming and nobody asked me to even sing. It was as though I weren't even there. I didn't get asked to preach. Didn't get asked to testify. Nobody ran past me what songs they were going to sing, what programs they were going to have. If that's what I went to conference for, that's what I'd come home with. Amen, but I come home with something. (laughs) I came home with something. I got me some altar building material. Amen, I got me some messages that got deep in my heart. I got something that got in my spirit that's flowing in my veins. And when the enemy comes in like a flood, hallelujah, I got something in my hand to build me an altar with. I got something to build me an altar with. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I've got one more verse and we're coming to the the end of this. We talk about the prayer of Jabez and some time ago the prayer of Jabez hit mainstream Christendom. And it was, the books were selling like crazy, all kinds of things. And I'm not trying to take away from that. And I'm going to tell you in all honesty, I pray the prayer of Jabez every day when I pray because I think there's merit to it. But when I'm praying the prayer of Jabez, I'm going to just, just in the interest of some insight here to my prayer, not that you're interested, but I do want the Lord to bless me. That's what he said. I do want the Lord to enlarge my coast, his influence. I, I do pray that. Amen, and I do pray like like Nehemiah said when he went to rebuild the wall, the hand of my God is strong upon me. I want God's hand and Jabez said that thy hand would be with me. But I'll tell you, I can't hardly get through those first three things because I'm trying to get to the fourth one. Now, in the the risk of sounding self-righteous, I'm rushing to the fourth one. Amen, the fourth one of Jabez's prayer is keep me from evil. Preserve me from the spirit of this world. (laughs) Hallelujah. Bless me. Enlarge my coast. Keep your hand on me. That's the only way I can succeed in this life. But I'm asking you, God, to build a hedge around me. How am I going to help God build a hedge around me? When the enemy comes in like a flood, I'm going to take something home with me. And when the spirit of temptation, I'm going to build me an altar. Amen. I'm going to build me an altar. I'm going to say, God, i got to have me a place that I can go. i got to have a place that I can kneel. i got to have a place that I can touch you. I got to have that place. Amen. I'm going to ask you today. I'm going to ask you today to build an altar. Amen. Naaman said, I'm going back. I, 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 I got to go back where I've come from. And when I get there, there are going to be things going on I don't agree with. There's some of you that have got to go to jobs tomorrow that's just going to expose you to all kind of filthy talk and all kind of, na- all just all kind of nonsense. Well, you got to work. The answer is altogether not quitting your job. 
the answer may be take you some earth home. Take some altar home today. Amen. And when that comes in, when that starts, just I want to pray. I want to ask God to touch me. God, protect me. Help me to be able to. I'm going to tell you something this morning. I'm not trying to preach past the moment. But these are the decisions we better make ahead of time. Don't wait till the house catches on fire to figure out where the water hose is. Don't wait until you smell smoke to figure out where you're going to run, what door you're going to run out of. We better build this altar now. Build this altar now. Amen. When somebody slides you their phone number, you'll know what to do with it if you've got an altar already built. Amen. Somebody invites you into some dirty dealing. Somebody invites you into something that's going to be crooked and, and, and it's not going to be in the best interest of Christianity and the best interest of your walk with God. When somebody hands you that opportunity, you better already have that altar. Don't be looking around for the bucket. Don't be looking around for the shovel. That's not the time. That's not the time. Amen. We build that altar now. We better build this altar now. And when the enemy comes in, I've already got a place. I've already got somewhere I can go. Amen. Why don't we step out of our seats today? Why don't you build an altar in your life? Why don't you say, Lord, here I am today. Here I am today. Anoint me, God. Guard me. Guide me. Walk with me, Lord. Walk with me, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, walk with me, Lord. Walk with me, Lord. Walk with me, Lord. I'm going to take something home with me. I'm going to take something home with me. I'm going to take something home with me. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm going to take something home with me. Oh, my God, my God, my God, my God, my God, my God. Yeah, 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 yeah. Glory, 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 glory. I want to be in the altar building business. I want to be in the altar building business. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. Hallelujah. I'm going to build me an altar, Lord. I'm going to build me an altar. I'm going to build me an altar. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I praise and magnify your name. I glorify you in this holy house today. I glorify you in this holy house today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I glorify you in this holy house. My God, my God, my God, my God, my God, my God, my God. Oh, I'm going to build me an altar. I'm going to build me an altar. Hallelujah. When things are going on around me, I can't stop. When life is around me that I can't control, I'm going to build me an altar. I'm going to build me an altar. Hallelujah. 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 Every, 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 every praise. Oh. I love you, Lord. 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 I praise you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. Every praise, every praise. Yeah, oh. My, my, my. 
God. As has already been mentioned today, the altar should not be looked at negatively. The altar, that's where we, that's where we do business. <laughs> this is where we do business. The, the enemy has convinced saints that the altar is just for sinners. And so we're ashamed to come down. My goodness. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. That's where we do business. Amen. We bring our children when they're born to the altar. We dedicate them to God. When they're sick, we bring them to the altar for prayer. Amen. When every stage of their life, we bring them back to this altar because this is where our whole lives focus. The altar, this is where it all takes place. Amen. Only fitting that when they are married, amen, they come to the altar of matrimony. Amen. We're going to start this thing. We're going to go right back where we've been going our whole life. We're going to go to the altar, to the altar, to the altar. But I'm just telling you now that the altar is something we need to build today. Today. Not tomorrow. Not after everything starts falling apart. I want to build an altar. I want to tell you, husbands and wives, it ought not be awkward for you to pray in your home. If it feels awkward for you to pray in your home, there's something wrong. If it feels awkward to pray, but it doesn't feel awkward to sit and watch a ball game, you got your priorities messed up. It ought to be just as comfortable and just as with just as much ease that we pray in our home as that we eat in our home or that we sleep in our home. Amen. When something happens to our children, I'm going to get on my knees. I'm going to build me an altar right there. Amen. What if I can't get a hold of the preacher? What if I can't get a hold of any of the ministers in the church? What if what if I, I've got to build me an altar right there? I need me an altar. I need me an altar. In Jesus' name, Lord, I love you today. I thank you for your word. Thank you for the word we've heard throughout this day. The spirit we felt throughout this day. The worship we've experienced throughout this day. Hallelujah, Lord. Anoint us today. God, in this hour, help us to not come to church empty-handed, empty-hearted, with an empty mind. But, oh, God, come intentionally. Come with praise and worship in our lips and our heart. Hallelujah. Come with our gifts to give. Come with our talents to offer. Hallelujah. Come and let us give and spend and be spent for your kingdom's cause. And we know in doing so, Lord, that we're going to walk away from here full. We're going to walk away from here full. We're going to walk away full in the name of Jesus. 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 I heard someone recently talk about how sometimes empty sinners are willing to walk away from whatever they're doing. Do you know last night, not just a few, but last night around probably within just driving distance of here in multiple places, people spent their last dollar to buy beer or whiskey or whatever, drugs, cigarettes, whatever. And they went home, they don't have a clue what they're going to do today because they gave everything, gave everything. They gave all of themselves. They totally spent. They danced till they danced out. They sang till they sang out. They partied till they partied out. But we come to church, we want to hold all this stuff to ourselves. Amen. I want to give. I want to give to make room that I can take something home. I want to take something home with me. Lord, grant us today your strength to live for you each and every day. 
There's never been a greater time to serve you. Never been a greater hour to be the church. And so let's rise to the occasion. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Greet one another and our guests. May the Lord bless you in the fear of the Lord. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806, or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening, and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.